rally for Mali. That's his party. He was the incumbent president. He won, although he couldn't get an outright majority. They went to the runoff two weeks, a week and a half ago, and he got 67% versus his former finance minister's 33% or so. And the opposition leader, just like Nelson Chamisa in Zimbabwe, told his followers, I don't recognize the results. I'm challenging them. And like Chamisa, he went to court, among other things, in the Constitutional Court ratifying that, listen, business must go on, life goes on, let's get there. I don't always disregard claims of electoral fraud. At the same time, I do not know if we are going to be fighting political battles in a court, because in the end, there is one condition for this. So unless you can prove electoral fraud, just like in any other case beyond reasonable doubt, Maybe you should just go back and try and fight from within the system as opposition. And I think that's what the CSA, which is the, the opposing candidate, is going to have to do from now on. Just like Chamisa, I think, eventually will have to learn to do. And uh, in Ethiopia, they're kick-starting their Africa's first billion waste energy facility. 120 million is part of the nearly $500 million project to electrify the country. Remember, this is a country that's been called Africa's China because it's just such a fast-growing economy. It's got a huge population. But at this point, they are targeting 30% of the households in Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia, $120 million. But the exciting thing is that it's not a traditional solar or wind or hydro, although Ethiopia with the big rivers could go on a hydro project scheme. But this one, they are targeting waste. You remember there was a site, a waste recycling or dumping site that collapsed and killed people one, two years ago in Addis, just outside Addis Ababa. So what they are doing, they are targeting that waste, burning it, and hopefully, as I say, out of this project alone, they'll be able to power 30% of the population of or households of Addis Ababa. Very, very exciting. It's not the project of the new Prime Minister, Abe Ahmed, as you know. I'm very excited about him. It's something which started in 2014, but good for him. He has continued the momentum upward. And finally, the 38th SADC meeting held in Vintuk, Namibia recently, where the African Union chair's Rwanda's president, Paul Kagame, once again promoted the continental free trade area. What is the progress on that project? Uh, <laughs> only six nations so far have completed the full ratification. By full ratification, we mean all the three protocols. Remember, there's sort of what you can call the statement of intent, which says we as South Africa are intending to be part of the African continental free trade. Everybody, just about everybody signed that. The problem is you must go back to your country and get your parliament to ratify it, and you must sign what they call the movement protocol. That is the one that's a bit tough, because it has to do with the visa requirements that you are going to allow Africans to move freely in your country. It doesn't mean you don't check their passport. It simply means you allow them to move visa-free. And I can tell you, I go to Rwanda a lot. It's one of those countries, you land, you pay $30 or so, you get your visa. They control inward movement without unnecessary paperwork because they reckon if you're in there for less than 30 days, 
you shouldn't be put through a whole lot of rigmarole of process. But at this point, he was telling the SADC 38 summit, saying, gentlemen, you are 15 economies, 300 million plus people in Africa. You are among the most advanced economies, including South Africa. Please ratify this protocol so that we can move on. Slow progress, I've got to say, but he's the AU chairman, Paul Kagame, and the running of Rwanda has proven that he can be taken seriously when he calls on leaders to do something. Thanks a lot, uh, Vic. Victor Khumeswana, Director of Africa, is open for business.